Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Drinkers, we are back, baby. We are back. It is August 9th, and we are uh, two days away from the first preseason game. We're gonna have actual games being played. This one is at Ford Field against the Giants, and the Lions are hosting joint practices with those same New York Giants this week. Danny Dimes is in the uh, area, as well as Saquon Barkley and everyone else along with the Giants. Uh, and we are gonna get into Everything that went on during joint practices, the first two days at least. But before we do, I want to introduce the Blue Kool-Aid crew that is here. So, I'm Big Z. Let's get to the rest. We got Run Dog. Yo. And UJ. Hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I just messed with you, UJ. I know. UJ. Thank you. That's better. Yeah. Um, So, before we dive into the joint practices, there is... There was like nobody knew during a day uh, a couple days ago what was going on. There's like some big news flowing around potentially with the Lions. Like, was there a big trade or were they going to trade for Chase Young or something like that? I, I wouldn't call this huge unexpected news. They they signed Overblown. Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yep. To oh, a contract. Lord. Now, th- there's been a lot of you know uh, noise that the Lions were looking at him and that there was a, kind of a mutual thing there. I don't know. I'm not sure what he was waiting for. Uh, maybe he's just seeing all the opportunities out there before deciding to join with the Lions. But signs for a one-year, $5 million deal, $2.5 million guaranteed. Um, mm. Pretty decent for a backup quarterback that's joining mid-training camp. Uh, and we're going to get into Nate Sudfeld maybe a little bit, but what I was reading uh, at least day two here is that uh, he's still been struggling. And this also happened to Nate Sudfeld with the 49ers. He kind of got traded to the Lions because they were comfortable with Brock Purdy. Um, as their backup slash third string quarterback, so uh, Nate Sudfeld just keeps going places to be a backup and then getting uh, overtaken by another guy. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater Tough is definitely life. a backup for this team, right? First of all, this is not Nate Sudfeld no. anymore. No, uh, I think pretty much, yeah. Right. I don't think you sign a guy like I that and so, uh, expect him to be third string. But do you, do you like the signing? Do you like the Teddy Bridgewater signing, Rudd Dog? I mean, yeah, I like it. He's one of the higher quality names uh, in the backup quarterback market. I mean, like you said, like he waited, I think, because he's the kind of guy who can kind of pick his spot. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. need quality backup quarterbacks. So the fact that he cho- chose us is a bit of a uh, sort of a acknowledgement of where we're at, I think. 
because you know a guy like him's probably want to gonna gonna want to pick a contender uh and plenty of contenders don't have backups uh anyway yeah no i like it he's good quality i do think he's gonna have a legit battle with sudfeld i think the expectation is he will win that battle uh but if sudfeld can you know turn it on and put together consistent quality camp and and you know teddy's struggling uh i think it's a real competition i don't think dan campbell's bluffing when he says that i think the expectation is there but you're not going to just give it to him but uh i did like I just want to bring up one thing I heard about him from Dan Campbell that did make me get kind of excited because, I mean, honestly, it's the backup quarterback. Who really cares? But uh, We care. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit. But uh, Dan Campbell talked about how what he would do with the Saints when he was there. And on mm-hmm. game day, because, like, all the pr- uh, press were asking, like, oh, like, is he going to be a great example for a hooker and stuff? And, and Campbell's like Hooker's already learning from Goff. Like I'm not even thinking about Hooker. I think about what he did for the young receivers in New Orleans. He would on game day he would like pull all the younger guys to the side, the receivers, and just go over their game plan, just get them in the right mental state, and like yeah. you know just basically be a coach. And like I, I mean maybe that's a common thing for wide uh, backup quarterbacks to do. I've never heard of it. Usually you hear what they do to the quarterback room, not how they help mm. the receivers and basically be an extra coach on the team. So I, I just thought that was cool. Definitely. UJ? Yeah. I. What this signing tells me, despite all the preaching that goes on and the players speak where we play a one play at a time, one game at a time, one day at a time, and all that stuff, just trying to get better every day. I think these guys see the freaking Super Bowl, baby. And uh, they want a, de- they want a mm-hmm. quality backup in case something happens to golf. Because I really think Campbell and Holmes are – they're shooting for it this year, man. That they think they can do it. I think they they're not going to say it. They're going to say we're going to go one game at a time. We're going to learn. We're going to get better each play. Blah, all that stuff they always say. But man, I'm telling you, having a quality backup in a Super Bowl run season is is vital. I mean, if your quarterback goes down, you got to have someone who's going to be able to carry the carry the torch. And he's got 65 starts in his career. Uh, he's got a lot of experience. He's not going to wilt under the pressure. So. Uh, yeah, I think it was a good signing. I really do. Definitely. And, and if Goff goes down, I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater, especially with the, the Saints background, all these different offensive backgrounds, um, definitely offers much more upside than Nate Sudfeld, who's completely unproven um, to take over this offense. And, and the way Ben Johnson operates this offense, I think Teddy Bridgewater uh, can fit right in and do a – very decent job and and still give the team a great chance to win the game uh so yeah. i really like the signing um i don't know if nate sudfeld will make the roster defensive lines want to hold three healthy quarterbacks uh since hen hooker's not going to be playing this right year, so uh, that's going to be hard with all the other roster positions that are so stacked yes and uh, you you are allowed to have an emergency quarterback on the roster now uh so that might help Sudfeld stay around if he wants to be. Otherwise, he can go somewhere else and uh, compete for a back. Yeah, it's, it's kind of not a good it's, sign for Sudfeld, but you know, it just shows how this game can be cruel too. You know, I mean, this guy's been working his butt off, and you know, by all indications, he's he's done everything asked of him. And uh, it's just a just cruel game, man. I mean, you're out. The winning is the bottom line, and you know, we're just gonna take the best guy that can get you there. So, yeah, it's it's cruel. It's cruel, but uh, hey. Hey, oh, Z, I just want to take 
mentioned something about what you said. Like, sure. I, don't, I don't know about upside. I think Teddy Bridgewater's been around. I think we kind of know what his ceiling is. But what he offers over Sudfeld is like a really comfortable floor. Like, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's a proven commodity. Yeah. I think Sudfeld actually is sort of more of like questionable upside. Like, he's clearly not putting it together completely consistently, but he's put enough to like. And he's so young and growing that, like, I think that's why they don't like having him around is you don't know what his upside is. You know, it could be where he's at now, but <laughs> like, uh, I think they don't think so. That's all. I just think like, that's what would be, he would have to have like a breakout, like preseason game or something to probably beat Bridgewater. But definitely, definitely. Mission. I agree. I, I definitely agree with that. It's a good point. All right, let's move on now to these joint practices that mm-hmm. lions have had with the giants there's a lot of fun stuff the joint practices are great they are yeah. great i i, I find they it much are. more interesting than um and i think the coaches do too and the and the players everybody really uh as far as a, a gauge on where things are at and especially for rookies and the one-on-one drills and such uh mm-hmm. a, a lot of very interesting stuff coming out um of these joint practices um Day one, you know, we, we we're not able to Domination. watch it there in person. But, yes, Red Dog, the Lions dominated uh, by all accounts, offense and defensively. If this was a game, the Lions would have won by double digits, if not 20 points. Uh, is there anything from day one that you um, want to stick out? Are, are you glad the Lions got off so the many. start right away? Here. Sure. Why not? Did you have day one, or do you want to talk about just day one and day two combined? Because day two, the lines came back a little bit down to earth compared to day one, is what I read. Um, there was a little more, a lot more turnovers from the offensive side. Uh, defense gave up a little more in the passing game than they did on day one. Um, we can break down some of the players' performances, but uh, UJ, I guess you go first. If, if there's something you really want to attack, uh, I just think there's so many interesting storylines in this, and uh, it is nice for the players to play against different people than themselves and I, you know, I even remember this in college when I played you know hitting your own guys over and over it gets really tedious but uh when you get some new blood it's, it's awesome so and I know the guys are getting getting excited by that um but there's so many interesting angles in this one the one that's curious to me the one angle is the Brian Branch is killing it out there mm. and by all accounts that they just can't keep him out the field which is forcing them to move CJGJ to more of a safety position uh, to keep him on the field too, which in turn means Tracy Walker is kind of slipping down the ladder slightly here, which is, I think this is a really interesting development. Uh, uh, you know, Tracy Walker is tough for him coming off that injury and stuff and trying to work his way back. But man, there, since he got hurt and now there's so much more talent on that team right now. And, uh, it's going to be hard. Branch is going to be hard to keep off that field. Really hard to keep off that. He's killing it. He's, he by all so accounts, good. he's knocked down passes every day. I think he's got a pick. I'm not sure. but uh, And you can see some of the little video clips that come out, too. He's just – he looks yeah. really good. I mean, really good. So really the, good. It, it makes you question how this guy fell. I know. I know. It really it's does. stupidity. <laughs> it really does. Unbelievable. I mean – it, don't you love how draft like all the draft like little things get in people's heads like he ran a mediocre 40 times so that's probably like the main reason he yeah. fell how many gms and, are like, kicking right themselves in the ass right now for 
miss him. Maybe not yeah, yet, but wonder, when they see him uh, in the season, they will. Be. I wonder how many of these cornerbacks they that got drafted ahead of him are looking this good right now. Like, I mean, because the thing is, he's doing cornerback stuff. He's running stride for stride with freaking uh, – what's his name oh my goodness raymond cleef raymond down the sideline and then he does it to the the same thing i think the clip from the practice was the same thing he did to the giants guy but he made it look even easier like he made a perfect textbook knockdown on a go route like that's so hard for safeties generally like because it's usually a mismatch between receivers and, t- and safeties but not him yeah, yeah. are Gosh, you concerned about the flawless. health of tracy walker uh, falling to the second team the fact that uh he's gonna uh, i don't think i'm i think he came off a severe injury, okay, and it's really hard to expect a guy to come back from Achilles to be as strong as he was before the injury. And, and I still think there's some time involved here getting him back to 100%. Even though he's on the field and practicing and everything, uh, I, I can't see how he'd be 100% right now. But, you know, I mean, you're going to see plenty of playing time. They're going to work him in the, in the games and stuff like that, and he'll get better as the season goes. But uh, it's got to be a little – disheartening to him a little bit but it seems like these guys have a great attitude though they're they're not they're not the these coaches seem to not uh what's the word i'm looking for doesn't let these guys get down you know they they just want to compete and 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 it's like they don't care who's starting almost it's hard to believe it it, psychologically that's almost impossible to take if you're a player (laughs) but uh but they seem to be have that attitude uh you know, and they're all supporting each other and everything. So, uh, yeah, and at least Tracy Walker got paid before he got hurt. So it's not like <laughs> well, he, he yeah. did get paid. Yeah, like I agree, UJ. He's gonna he's gonna get playing time. That's the thing. I don't think second string is gonna mean a whole lot to our secondary because I think that's part of why we built this depth the way we did is oh, that sure. yeah. we're gonna be able to rotate guys and not lose a step. And like, like I, I mean. Yeah, Branch is going to get playing time early on, and it is interesting that they're moving CJGJ back to safety because that's where he was hyper successful last year, and obviously that's Brian Branch who's enabled that process. But I guarantee Tracy Walker is going to get some plays this year, and it'll be so, it's just going to be so interesting. Like I could imagine a scenario where like Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph, CJGJ, and Brian Branch are all on the field at the same time. Yeah, and like, gosh, just imagine that. Absolutely, uh, and um, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of the realm like if there's injuries uh, on the outside too that CJGJ moves to corner in one of these games and Tracy Walker's put back in the starting safety role um, or Branch for that matter. Walk. Hey Z, uh, so, since yeah. we're on the DB group though, Chase Lucas has looked pretty decent in these Bob. practices too. Z, um, yeah, Z. Hello, I'm a someone snuck Sorry, into guys. the room. Bob is here. Whoa, oh, he looks like a ghost. <laughs> he sneak in well, like ladies that. and gentlemen, Bob has joined. Bob, Bob. we're talking about Tracy yeah. Walker and how he's been yeah. kind of moved to the second team. So I don't know if you want to quickly inject your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I think it's all good news because, well, it gives Tracy Walker time to get his legs under him, and he's going to be playing, uh, and it just – Branch has stepped up so well. I think that's the, mm. the headline here. And uh, yep. a, a Lions team with actual depth, oh you know, God. at that position, I think it's What's amazing. What's that? <laughs> everyone's going to get to play. I don't think it really, like you, like Red Dog was saying, I, I don't think it matters, you know, team one, team two, or whatever. Everyone's going to be playing, you know. And uh, I, I think it's, it's good. I think it's awesome because Branch is showing out. So. Oh, 
I'm excited. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. I hope I, hope I sound okay because I don't have my uh, microphone with me, so I, I can't. You sound uh, great. You're getting by. You're getting by. Oh. Okay. I want to hear right. you sing. I think uh, your voice sounds pitch perfect right now. Yeah, Justin. we'll be singing uh, the Lions fight song a lot this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep hydrated. Keep those vocal cords hydrated because we're going to be singing <laughs> yeah. a lot this Crucial. year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. Jay, our producer, I, I need you to put in uh, like a, a train sound or something here. I'm going to try to do a sound, but... Because <laughs> guess what? We're getting on the Jameer Gids hype train. Yeah, <laughs> yes. All aboard. Oh, man, what... What a nightmare he's going to be for defenses. Um, he, at least, especially day one, with the first time this team got to look at him and go against him, the Giants I'm referring to, um, he lit it up. He lit them up. He's a matchup nightmare. Apparently, in day two, they made some adjustments um, and covered him a little better, um, especially in the red zone. They were trying some fade routes, I guess, and it wasn't quite working out. I wouldn't imagine Mir Gibbs is a fade route candidate too much this season in the red zone. <laughs> Um, but nonetheless, um, he lit them up the first day, and I think that's going to be the case for a lot of teams that play us, uh, where they're they're gonna he, he's gonna surprise them with his speed, with his agility, um, and then they're not gonna get a second day to come back no. <laughs> and play him again unless you're the you know one of the division rivals. Did, did but, you see that video yeah. where he torched the linebacker on that one? Just like he sort oh, of, oh yeah, oh good lord. Yeah, I mean, imagine Goff when he comes to the line in the heat of the battle, the plays are are starting, you know the. Defense is running around. The offense is getting set up. And all of a sudden, Gibbs is isolated with a linebacker. What's Goff thinking in that moment? Touchdown, baby. What a, it's a sure thing. Yeah. Man. No <laughs> linebackers going to be able to cover him. It's going to be amazing. No. It's oh, so yeah. Sick. Uh, I mean, do, do, do you th- – how much – if you're a fantasy owner, for instance, I'm, I'm trying to put – like how much do we think Gibbs is going to be using this offense – um, significantly yeah do we think he gets four catches a game and five carries what what are we, what are we thinking here he might get more, more catches carries. than carries uh i think I, that's not out of the realm of no it's not sure uh i mean no especially early on with jameson out i i think he's gonna get a decent a chunk of carries every game but obviously not as many as montgomery but i mean the thing about him is that i don't think it's gonna be a thing about opportunity number of touches is so much as what he does with those touches he's the kind of guy who makes things happen i think his like averages are going to be ridiculous like i think he's just going to be a big play machine absolutely i mean oh yeah bob are you you're on the gibbs hype train too right we're all aboard this thing full speed oh yeah i was excited from the moment they drafted him and i have seen nothing to dissuade myself from that because uh, oh, yeah. he's he's going to be a weapon, and and like he's going to be a safety valve. You know, when if Goff does get in trouble, he's he's going to be able to pick up that first down. You know, when we need it. So mm. I'm I'm excited for it. And big plays. Yeah, Red Dogs brought. They're on the table. Well, today he had a big play. I guess he was out of bounds on it, but uh, he had a big. Uh, yeah, he made a catch in like double coverage. I think on like a fourth and long. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> he nice. just yeah. missed uh, being in bounds, but. Um... Yeah, the, the man's got hands. He's like a wide receiver that can also run the ball from in the backfield. But don't and don't forget, Ramon Ross St. Brown can t- run from out of the backfield sometimes too. Oh. This team and Ben oh, Johnson. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of fun times ahead. Laporta, we gotta I mean, talk got about Amon Ross St. Brown. Now that his name has been called out, we have to hey, talk wait, about hold on that a second. man because dear. God. Wait. 
Thank you, Eugene. Oh <laughs> Get out of the train, people. <laughs> Never mind, KJ. I'm the conductor. UJ <laughs> provides the sound effects. Uh, I like no. it. <laughs> it's like an old like 50s radio show. UJ, what else you got back yeah, there? Yeah, train whistles. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like a wooden <laughs> shoes to like clog on the dust? Yeah, or, like a horse. Anyways, our fully artist UJ here, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, but Ross St. Brown, Red Dog, go thank go you. For it. Yes, Ross St. Brown, that man has looked so ridiculously good. Like, do you see that one from camp a few like last week where he caught it over the middle and all that Goff could see was like his hands behind in between like the defenders, and he catches it out away from his body while he's falling to the ground. But like everything he does now, like these even these high, but like he looks like a whole new receiver. Honestly, I think he's going to be even bigger plays this year. Because here's an observation I've kind of had a feeling about watching him is that he's like the most boring big like best receiver in the NFL because so many of his plays end at the catch point. Like he doesn't have a ton of run after the catch or like deep balls that are a ton like of big. run after the catch. Yeah, what are you I talking disagree about? with that. What, what? He doesn't just catch yeah. and fall down. He's he's like one of the no, leaders in the act. Okay, well, that's a dumb. But my point is, no, like more like the big plays. Like a lot of his stuff is more possession well, type okay, stuff. Stop the, st- we're gonna clip UJ saying or Rudd Dog saying that Von Ra is a boring wide receiver. Wow. No, um, stop. I'm he's <laughs> no. Original. It's not boring. <laughs> not oh my fun god! To watch. Shut up. The point is, like the type of bit, and, and he's even made this note of emphasis on his game this year is he wants to make more big plays, like like explosive plays, and he because he he's like a consummate just chunk eater, like where he'll get like 15, 20 yards, but mm-hmm. usually it's not like over the top, like vertical or sideline stuff. Whereas this year, like you just watch the balls that Goff is throwing him up high, and he's just catching it over receivers. Like it looks, he look, he looks on a whole new level. That's yeah. all I'm saying. He looks uh, I know like he's going to he be talk about not only the best possession, but one of the best receivers. Period. His, this year, it's in his locker. Yeah. Rudd dog, make football fun for Rudd dog again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, like, it's not like he's boring. It's just like I think there's a reason he doesn't get lumped in with the likes of like Justin Jefferson and stuff. And it's not necessarily because they're better than him. It's just the way he was used. I think they're going. They've made well, an emphasis on the style. deep ball with him this year. Yeah, it, but like that's the thing. His style has been sort of a limiter and they're they're, they're going to make him a full spectrum receiver this year like using him to on um, deeper routes high catches contested catches and stuff like mm-hmm. i think he's going to be on a whole new level uh like he's going to ascend to the one of the, the top tier this year but not just not that he doesn't belong there but like people are going to recognize this year he's not justin jefferson those those guys they're not they're going to be he's going to be right up there with them if not better bob i think you're trying to uh say something there cut yeah. you off yeah, no, I was just saying, uh, like, well, Amon Ra, he's already a great receiver on his own right. And I know he wants to work mm-hmm. on that deep ball. That was what he was saying. He wanted to be part of that. But that's going to be up to him because we have other weapons that are going to be doing that uh, same role. But I think he's going to get a shot at it, and uh, it'll be fun. We're going to get some versatility on our receiver mm-hmm. group. and uh, he, right. he can do it, you know, but I, I don't think that's going to be his main strength, you know, going forward. No. He'll probably – Kind of do what he's been doing, but uh, we could use it when Jamison's out, you know, for now. So we'll see. He doesn't need to. I mean, the first in the NFL last year on third down conversions was Amon Ross St. Brown. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, he made a ton of clutch. And that, that's like a lot of third and eights. That's not just like third and one. So he, he's making long catches over the middle when needed. 
boring might have been harsh. I thought he was but the point still remains I that I, I think a better way to put it is he just makes it look easy. All right, he he, he makes it's it look not just easy. that he he does he does he does. But it, he was used very much as like a slot, like a possession guy who was catching a lot of stuff inside where he couldn't break out. Like he yeah he did okay with the yak, but like at the same time like he didn't break off a lot of touchdowns. I think what did he get hawked on that one? He was so, so in other pissed. words, he's sticking um, to his story that he's a boring receiver. We're trying yeah, to. I'm well, trying to help him out here, you know. But, uh, You're actually trying to help going him out. forward with this. Uh, it's not. Oh my! Well, right. Boring might be harsh, but the point remains. <laughs> He's going to be even more. Yeah, we tried to help you, right Dog. Tried year. to help you, bail you out there. But well, stick, yeah. I didn't need We're your help. It. Sticking on the offensive side, a rookie that just continues to verify everything that they saw in camp is Sam Laporta. Yes. Uh, he continues to just absolutely ball out. Um, I, I hope we see him in the preseason game a little bit. I, I would imagine we would. Um, probably not like Jared Goff and some of these other starters. But, um, man, he's becoming a favorite target of Goff's. Now, we've heard this about Hawkinson in the preseason before the tight end position, and then he doesn't always – the tight end position doesn't always get targeted as much as the preseason sometimes. But nonetheless, uh, he's looked really good. Um, this is going against a different opponent now. Um I don't know. Did anybody else have something else? Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. yeah, I think he's better than Hawk. Go ahead, I think he's twitchier, uh, better route runner. I think you're going to see more yards after the catch with this guy than you did with Hawk. Hawk, did, Hawk is a good. Re- I'm not trying to downplay him. He's a good player, but uh, he he had trouble getting separation. I, I think Laporte's going to have a little. Uh, he's going to have a lot better separation than Hawk ever had, and more yards after the catch because of that. And uh, he just. Have you seen this? He's so fluid and for a big guy and an amazing route runner. So I think he's going to be a, definitely an upgrade for us. Yeah, I'm very excited to watch him play. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, do you guys think uh, – because tight end is notoriously tough for a rookie, you know, to be, like, explosive in that position. But I don't know. I think he's going to be able to show flashes with that, that catch ability and he has his run ability. And I'm hoping when they get him worked in that we can see some of those long seam routes, you know, like that the tight ends yeah. can do, Ooh, which we didn't yes. see enough of with, with Hawkinson. Like, it felt like they exploited that <laughs> We haven't seen that enough since, like, ever. Like, I mean, like Stafford, like, remember how many times yeah. we had, like, Pettigrew, Ebron, were like, okay, seam routes. Like, we never saw them. They just never, like, tried it. It was, like, so confusing. But now, honestly – up until Hawk left, I was still like, kind of like, okay, they used Hawk. They leaned on Hawk because he was clearly a talented receiver. They basically made him a receiver. And where I think Laporta is going to excel is I, nothing against Hawk exactly, but I think Laporta is a grittier player, and I think his pass, his his blocking is going to be more effective early on because I think that was one of the big things that held back Hawk was that he he struggled through a lot of his early career yeah. with being an effective blocker. And like the thing is. Like sometimes these 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 schemes, these coaches, everything it demands blocking first to be an effective receiver. Like you have to set it up by being a good blocker, and and that that takes chances off of just a pure receiver, unless that's like what you want him to be. Uh, and I think I just see Laporta as he's going to be a little better at that, a little grittier, and then geez, just the skill set. He's a little faster than Hawk, a little more agile. Like I think he's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. And he's smart. How like everyone says he's picking it up. Hawk was the guy coming out of college that was known for his blocking, and then he yep. wasn't no. so much in the NFL. 
And Laporta, they're downplaying his blocking in college, saying he's better receiver. So we'll see. We'll see. But those yeah, Iowa right. guys are usually well rounded. So true. That's true. true. So. That's true. Definitely tight end you. <laughs> Um, and he's not going to be asked to do as much blocking, I think, as Hawk was meant to do, because he's a bit smaller than Hawk was. Like he's not—he's a couple inches shorter, probably slightly lighter. Like I just don't think that's his role, uh, the same anyway. I think he's going to do a lot of blocking, just not the same type. That's where Brock Wright comes in. Oh, here, guys, I would want to bring up something more about camp. Uh, did you anyone no, no, notice no, no. Oh, that wait, hold on. Brock Wright oh, is the—I'm saying they're all—all all the rookies were not placed in the first string no rookie was placed in first string brock Wright was our start number one tight end okay. uh we still had Derek barnes and anzalone ahead of of uh campbell, campbell and stuff like no uh you know Montgomery was the number the one running team. back i i don't think he was listed as the number one oh. though like no one was just giving it though. I just I'm just saying it because I think it's cool that like they're still like they're still going through the process and and they're gonna make these guys earn it even if they're looking great already. Quick on the tight end uh, in San Laporta. Just I, I thought this was kind of fun. Do any of you know who has the best receiving rookie season from a tight end position ever? Does anybody Kylie know? Sanders. take a guess? Rookies. What's that? Not you did? Kylie Sanders. No, uh, he's not, not anywhere on this list. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what about that? Who's the guy from the Browns uh, who ended up uh, psycho? Uh, what's um, shoot? I can think of his name. All right, forget it. I don't. Know, I have no idea. There's too many good tight ends. To, but um, who is it? Anyways, there's two. Only two have gone over a thousand yards in their rookie year. Kyle Pitts is second all time. He had a thousand twenty-six yards, and he basically plays like a wide receiver. He's barely a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mike Ditka in 1961 oh, holds the record. Man. Oh, wow. What uh, a season. Pretty awesome. 1,076 yards and 12 touchdowns. <laughs> this is in 1961 wow. when the yeah, tight end position crazy. is not what it is now in terms of receiving. Wow. So, no. That's pretty good. Yeah. And, and oh, I was thinking of Kellen Winslow. 14 games played. 14. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's amazing. Um, so that is incredible. Thanks for that. I thought that was interesting. Maybe yeah. Can Sam LaPorta break it? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> who wins in a con in a fight, Ditka or Gad? <laughs> Trick question. Ditka well, is Gad. <laughs> well, now we got, now we got to put talent. Campbell into that question. Who wins in a fight, the Hurricane or Campbell? Do we can, we can... <laughs> but wait, the Hurricane's named Campbell. <laughs> Another uh, rookie that's been st- uh, sticking out uh, by all accounts is Starling Thomas, the fifth. Yes. Yeah. Um, have you guys read about him at all about how he's doing in camp? Because he he uh, complete baller. He appears he he's repping with the second team right now, undrafted free agent yeah. rookie out of Speedy. Uh, UAB. Um, but. Apparently, a very vocal player as well. Uh, so I thought I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Not, a, not a name necessarily we we've discussed too much, uh, but a guy that's been really sticking out has a really good chance. Yeah, to this yeah. I, he's trending towards making the team. So. On yeah. that same vein, Z, I, I, I by mention him in the same voice, Dylan Drummond, uh, receiver out of Eastern yep. Michigan. So I was going to. I mean, oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump yeah. the shark there, but uh, no, no, no. You, you, I mean, yeah. it, it's very possible. It's very possible that we can have two undrafted free agents make the fifty-three man squad. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's crazy, especially with the talent we have. Yeah, it's incredible. Actually. So, what are they well, seeing out of Drummond? Uh, 
UJ, uh, what, what can you tell us kind of what kind of player he is? Is he like he a had, tall, lengthy guy? Is he a short little guy like a Monra? What, you know what? what do you, it's uh, funny because I've been looking, I've been trying to find videos of him and things like that, and I'm having a hard time. I mean, with the lines, you know, camp and stuff like that. But all, all I know is what I've been reading from the coaches and everything else, and they seem to be just enamored with this guy. He, he just every day he shows up, he's beating people every day, he's just doing everything, making all the catches, contested catches, everything. He just keeps impressing these guys. So, uh, I mean, I don't think they're just blowing smoke here. Uh, I think there's something there. Yeah. So, you know what's going to come down all these to injuries. For, if it does, at the very least, what it comes down to for those guys too is how they perform in special teams. Um, yes, that's true. usually where you try to make the end of the end of the roster in that regard. How can, how good are you on special teams? Uh, and I've heard good things about Drummond yeah. there. Yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That, that he's uh, six foot. He's six foot one eighty six. Uh, ran a four six forty at his pro day, yeah. so he clearly has something going on with agility and, and twitch. But uh, yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, it's he's in a unique situation too, where we have all these injuries to our top guys. Like, well, not just injuries, but suspension of JMO. But Mims is hurt. Right. Uh, like, there's been limited time in the top end of our roster. Guys getting banged up. So, I mean, the door could be there. You know, if he's just got to walk through it, keep it up, and show something in the preseason games. Yeah. And, and who uh, knows? I mean, this guy in his junior year, he had a collapsed lung and some horrible injury that really ruined his season. And it, it took him a while to come back in his senior year, but he, you know, he did. And maybe that's kept him from getting drafted in the first place. So, this kid definitely mm-hmm. has talent, uh, obviously. So, uh, It'll be interesting to see if he makes the team, but I, I think he's got a good shot at it, to be honest with you. <laughs> be cool. Yeah. I guess Khalif Raymond's been a big mentor to him, too. He's really soaking it all in. So, How do you not I'm love that guy? Does, speaking, speaking of Khalif, did you see that route he ran, that dirty like in-out route on the, the clip they showed on uh, DetroitLions.com? I think it was in there like uh, – highlight video like he put his legs for one look like tree trunks right now all these top dudes just look so svelte on the lines it's ridiculous but he looked so quick the 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 receipt the cover the defender like never got near him he just shook him and and made an easy catch for like what would have been like 10 yards with a run after this dude is looking just top notch right now (laughs) um another fun note from uh this this joint practice, um, Amani Warrior now plays for the Giants, or trying to make the Oh, roster. yeah. Uh, C.J. Carter-Johnson <laughs> yeah. was uh, getting all over him about how he can't cover anybody, so I thought that was funny because uh, it's, it's true. Told him he was soft, <laughs> though he had to grit. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's savage. I love it. Oh, man. That's crazy. <laughs> C.J. Gardner-Johnson is going to be a fan favorite this year. Uh, he is a lot of personality everywhere he's gone he's a, uh, a favorite of the fan base i know the eagles fans as we discussed on this podcast before um we're really sad to see him go uh and for the lions to pick him up will be huge from a developmental standpoint for the young guys but, but also for his I'm, yeah. I'm he, he's infectious on this second oh, yeah. oh, man, his attitude and his grit his his, his vocalness you know his being outspoken mm. i think he's rubbing off on all these guys man it's, you can see it with Jacobs and uh, Joseph and all these guys. It, it's great. Great to see. I think it's going to be a frustrating bunch to go against this year. Uh, that's one of the long-term stories, too, because we only have him for one year. And if he produces like I like we think he's going to produce, 
like the chip on his shoulder, the fact that he turned down a lot, you know, he went for a one year contract because he didn't like what he's being offered. Like this dude is out to earn that big paycheck. Like, I'm just so curious to see if we're going to be interested to resign him after the year. Like, uh, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Is he going to become a foundational player or, or they're going to, I mean, it's like, cause if we still have Tracy under contract and he comes back and I don't It'll be, it's going to be an interesting development, but yeah. I, I hope he makes it real hard to let him go. <laughs> well, after after the Super Bowl, everyone's going to want to get paid, right? So we'll see. Oh, true, yeah. true, true. We haven't had those problems yet. So. I, I guess oh, yeah. winners' problems, right? But but don't we have like the most players on like rookie contracts or something like that? One of like the most in the league. Like we're in a great position to not make this a one-off. Like. Like that's yeah. why, like, I get like kind of like I'm not like into like the make a mega trade because I don't think we need to make a mega trade. I think this roster is has enough talent to make a run and not make it a one off like the Rams did. Like that, we can just keep refueling this thing and just keep. Well, the standard has been set, and they're gonna just. I think they're gonna elevate the standard this year, and going forward, this team. I think we're set for prolonged success. Definitely. Well, was there any other quick notes that anybody had uh, for joint practices? Uh, one thing I would like to note that uh, call it good news, bad news. Uh, good news is Derek Barnes seems to be really balling these days. Bad news is that Jack Campbell hasn't necessarily just outright won the starting job. Or I don't know if that's even bad news. I don't know, whatever. But you know, you want the best players. But the competition in the linebacker room has gotten really good, and uh, and seeing Barnes step up is obviously great. Uh, it took him a couple years, but it uh, looks like he's finally getting it. Uh, Campbell, I think he's going to have some rookie struggles, but I'm not down on him by any means, but uh, I think he's just it's taking slightly longer to outright win the job, you know? Uh, it's yeah, it's still a position. I mean, it's, it's, position. Yeah. it's still early, and by all accounts, where his rookie struggles came in, like he made up with his sheer athleticism and size in a lot of yeah. ways. Like the dude is just a freak out there. But uh, I, I wanted to bring up a thought I had today. It just occurred to me. Does that like did did the media and everyone freak out when Tampa Bay drafted Devin White in like the top ten, an did inside they? or an off the ball linebacker because that's like taboo. Because I'm just sitting here thinking like tell t- try to tell me. Devin White wasn't like quintessential to the uh, that Super Bowl run. Like their linebackers were so good that year. Him and Levante David, they were so fast, so good. Like they made such a huge impact. Like so, like having a guy like an elite player like Jack Campbell to me is just like, come on, look at that. Like how is that? Like we just per- someone just did it recently, drafted an off the ball linebacker who was huge in a Super Bowl run. So. I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up because I found that uh, I was, yeah. like silly, silly complaints. Uh, this dude's going to be a stud. Also, major news point in case I don't know how it didn't make our uh, our outline, but uh, a Levi Anzarike is Awunzarike. I don't know, but you whatever. He's uh he's putting together days, and not only that, he's finally starting to like get results. I, uh, he won some one on ones. He got a sack. He got a run stuff. Like I know he's not. I I don't know. Who he's got to beat out? Probably Benito Jones, which might be hard because yep. he's the, our, our only monster on, in terms of size on our D line now. Is that 
Like uh, Aleem has lost weight and is looking at more of an attacking role. Like we don't have a true nose tackle outside of Benito Jones, but like our top four, I, I, I think that's who he's competing with. And if I'm just excited about his potential because he has that elite quickness that could be truly disruptive. And oh, and just in the same breath, uh, that the same tweet had, or I'm sorry, the same X had. Uh, <laughs> had uh yeah broderick jones and him winning one-on-one reps for clean like quick sacks broderick martin is looking just like he's gonna be something this year i definitely you, you don't think broderick martin's gonna play nose i forgot about broderick oh my god you no, just mentioned mind. him you didn't i did him. i i i was he's the only other monster i i did kind of forget that he's the monster nose i you know that was a blank but still we only have one and i don't know if you need to because you know nose tackle yeah. can be done by so- smaller strong guys but sometimes you just can't beat that like 340 pounder in the middle who just can't be moved well yeah. well all right so i want to move on now to to friday here so uh we're recording this on august 9th so this will premiere on august 10th and the following day when you're listening to this will be the lions first game of the year Woo! now it'll be a preseason game but it'll be at ford field Playing the Giants. Sold out. Friday night. So, speaking of sellout, the Lions have sold out all their season tickets for the first wow. time in franchise history. And the preseason games for the first time. Yeah. Uh, so the hype is real. Uh, oh, baby. And, it, it, <laughs> and you know, if you aren't drinking the blue Kool-Aid, well, you're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> uh, there's <laughs> I, I expect our listener ship to go up way up this year because a lot of people will be drink are drinking a blue kool-aid now and they'll be drinking it after week one week two week three it'll be flowing like the uh uh the 40 days and 40 <laughs> nights of noah like there's gonna be kool-aid everywhere <laughs> filling up valleys the sea of kool-aid oh, oh my god <laughs> yeah see that's like when like people make fun of nerd well, like trying to bother nerds and are like <laughs> I love Star Trek. Noah. That's the one with the lightsabers, right? Like, <laughs> mix so many stories together. That's wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, so Drowning in a sea of Kool-Aid. But, but to build on that sea, you're not going to be able to escape the Kool-Aid. The no. Kool-Aid's going to come you for go. you. Everyone's going to find the Kool-Aid. That's going to be hard yeah. to avoid. Yes. So, <laughs> anyways, sold out preseason game Friday. I don't know who's going to be playing in it. I highly doubt Goff um, and Amon Ra and some, most of our stars. Yeah. Probably the rookies for a few snaps, uh, depending on which rookies. Otherwise, yeah. And the roster guys. Um, but nonetheless, uh, three point underdogs we are. Three point mm. underdogs for this game, believe it or not. My At God. home. Like, what? Wow. A sold out preseason game? We're underdogs? <laughs> That's free money you're, right there, I think. You're just proving better. to me odds makers will make odds on freaking anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, a game no one cares about winning, and we're going to make odds on who wins it. Come on. Of course. Hey, can are. I mention something about the preseason game, if, if I may? No. No, you're not allowed. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go, you Oh, game. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, DetroitLions.com is doing a, an alternate broadcast uh, for the first preseason game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be kind of interesting. I might tune into that because they're going to have all kinds of guests on there, including, and I will name some of them, Brad Holmes, Chris Spielman, Gary Danielson, 
Bobby, you met him one day. He blew that meeting. I did. Glover <laughs> Quinn, uh, Golden Ooh, Tate, wow. and then some other guys that are like non-football guys like uh, Kirk Gibson and a couple other Detroit uh, notables, you know, from uh, the Pistons, stuff like that. It, it's, it sounds cool. like an interesting broadcast. So uh, DetroitLions.com, yeah. Gonna be... And I like that they're bringing those guys back, even like guys who like, I do too. Guys that were fan favorites. Uh, because can you can you imagine this happening ten years ago? Oh my god! Uh, I think all I think all those guys, ex players, are are uh, just soaking this up right now, wishing yeah. they were part of this. You know what's going on yeah. right now? Because I think they always. I think all those guys had notions of being in that. You know setting. It just never happened for mm-hmm. him, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, I think they're all living vicariously through the, what's going on right now. How could they not? It, it's awesome. Bring them all back, well, man. Well, that's the broadcast idea is good because it'll make the preseason interesting on some level, which it isn't generally, <laughs> yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> Maybe Rudd Dog will finally not be bored. <laughs> oh, I don't find preseason boring. Yeah. Uh. Oh, so you find preseason more exciting than Amon Ra. Wow. <laughs> no, wow, I didn't say man. that. I didn't say that. That's what you're saying. I said boring was an extreme word, okay? <laughs> I couldn't think of a better word. Oh, my God. But anyway, well, I think preseason's fun in terms of when you're just so hungry and getting to like analyze the roster at a little bit of a deeper level and seeing what all the uh, the rookies and the undrafted and like guys do to like the guys you haven't seen yet, see what you might be, you know, what gems you might have hidden on this roster. It's just it could be kind of fun if you're willing to like watch and analyze a little bit, look for performances and stuff. But I got a question yeah, just about the last two days of training camp. I wanted to ask you guys: Do you think it matters that we got clapped back on day two? That we took the bottom position so to speak that like we dominated day one but then got sort of dominated day two did we get dominated day two i thought it was like a i don't even kind of split it seems like yeah, everyone think, wanted to give the giants the credit but go ahead bob sorry i think the giants got a little credit but i don't think that's a big deal i mean no, i don't either i don't know We're not rolling out the playbook uh for everybody I agree, and it's it's we showed up day one. It, you know, if you were preparing for a game, it's not like you play two days in a row. So we showed up day one and dominated. So I'm fine. And I believe this yeah. game's on NFL Network. So if people are looking uh, to watch it, aren't local uh, within Michigan, I believe the game should be on NFL Network. But anyways, let's get our quick predictions. Our first predictions of the Ooh. year. Yeah. And Bob, I want to start with you. Love it. All right. Well, I, I look for a non-exciting matchup. Uh, <laughs> well, I have it's the Kool Aid Crew, so I have to pick a win. Even though I, I I don't care if they win any preseason games, but I'll I'm going to say they're going to win twenty-one to fourteen uh, with a uh, Sudfeld uh, late touchdown pass. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I what about a Sudfeld drop kick for three points <laughs> to win the game? Bolstering his. <laughs> Bolstering his bid against Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I, I doubt Bridgewater gets in this game. Uh, I don't even know if he's no. practicing. He's not here yet. Yeah. yeah that'd be a little hard. I don't think so. What's the, not here. Uh, Cleveland's starting their starter. Uh, um, what's his face? Uh, Watson. Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Watson. He's going to be playing oh. in the preseason. Mm. Oh, well, he needs it because he looked horrible last year. Yeah. Like, horrendously yes. terrible. But, yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Who's, it's who's also their second game. So. Sure. Uh, Rudd Dog, your preseason prediction. 
Ooh, this is a tough one, you know. Giants, a tough one, yeah. Our tough team. Uh, no, I, I think we do the hard job. I think we're a deep team now, and I think our depth will get the job done, and we're gonna walk home with the dub today, just or t- today to uh, this week. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I think you know starters won't even play much, most of them anyway, and uh, I think our depth will 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 get it done. I think we got so much quality talent on this team that. I think most teams' second strings will fail against ours. So what, what, what's your score? Yeah. Oh, uh, 31 to nothing. There it is. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait for it. All right. UJ. <laughs> All right. Um, I predict the Giants are going to win 27 to 17. Um, Boo. What? Yeah. You, you're, Drink well, first of, all, first of all, is that the first? Let's, oh, you think it's bad luck? Now, let, let me, let me just explain myself here because, uh, you know, in the preseason, I always root for us to lose at least one game. So you got to start with the first game and hope we lose that. Then you don't care what happens after that. But since 2008, I'm sorry. I'm just snake bad. We won all our preseason games and lost every regular. You don't season. like being preseason national champions. I got to get one loss in the preseason, so I, I have to have it. There has to be one loss, okay? So twenty-seven seventeen. The Giants are going to win this one. You know, we'll have a couple shiny little plays here, here and there, but uh, in the end, uh, we're going to lose this one. Thank God. You know, but UJ, we could go UJ twenty three and zero on the year. You don't want you like look if, if we do that regular season. If we post-season. do that, then the curse will be broken, and I will never bet against them again. But until then, until that curse is broken, <laughs> I would need them to lose one preseason game. So this is the oh one. My gosh. All right. I think UJ's this team is above such superstitions. UJ, they're going to show that it I doesn't still have matter. superstition in me. Sorry. I think Let a better season be a winless preseason and a uh, lossless regular season. I don't yeah, think exactly. No, uh, but yeah, ever since I'm sorry, but living down the embarrassment of preseason champions in 2008, I, it, it's it's a hard thing to shake. I'm sorry, it's just really hard to shake for me. And uh, you don't like. The, the, <sighs> They should really be hanging a banner in Ford Field yeah. for 2008. Those days are gone. They should. Those days are gone. And completely defeated yes, season. Yes, they are oh. gone. Yes, I know. But um, I would, yeah, yeah, we don't trade big game. guys. Oh, go ahead. I was at the game where they, they dropped the playoffs banner. It just said playoffs. That was like <laughs> oh, the most my embarrassing God. thing oh, as a fan. That's, that's and, horrible. Uh, they took it down after that. That's game. pitiful. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. We had something to hang our hat on, guys. Yeah. We participated. They, it didn't, they thought it was going to play with the fans or something, but everyone in the stadium was like, what the hell? This is terrible. <laughs> uh, what were they thinking? I'm going to go 20 to 17. And I didn't we, I didn't mention this camp battle, um, but Riley Patterson appears to be taking a small lead. Uh, he took all the, yeah. He took most of the kicks in practice. Uh, although... Um, Parker Romo uh, just had a baby girl yesterday, so um, but he'll be back for the preseason game. Uh, he just left for one day to have his daughter and then uh, come back. So uh, or be there for the birth of his yeah. daughter, then come back for the game. Um, so who do you think is going to win with that score, Z? The Lions, of course. Oh, I don't like you, Jay. Good. I actually root for my team. To win. I root for my team. <laughs> yeah, what I, the heck? Yeah, I have to have one loss in the preseason. 
All right. <laughs> so UJ thinks we're gonna lose. So, um, he needs. To I don't some think. Kool-Aid. I hope. <laughs> I want us yeah. to lose this one is, game in the preseason. Okay. I don't care if we win the other uh, two. That's fine. Lions that's lost awesome. predicted. <laughs> this is the first, the first time Lions in predictions lost predictions history. History. Yeah, but you know, no, our predictions are always one. regular season yeah. predictions. That's a different story. Okay. UJ needs some Kool-Aid. Maybe. Oh, I got Kool-Aid. I got lots of Kool-Aid. But I, I also have some superstition <laughs> left in my body. I'm sorry. <laughs> I lived through 2008. You know, some of you people listen out there, you youngsters out there who didn't have to live through that. Ah, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you 12-year-olds. You, yeah. you, you're lucky. <laughs> you 12-year-olds. Listen to your well, Uncle okay. UJ. <laughs> so we always get to a good point in the podcast where it's time to stop. What? It's time to thank everybody. Oh, um I've decided that this is going. that point. <laughs> and um, I want to thank our producer, Kid J. Kid J. Dear God, we sucked it. What was that? Wow. (laughs) Y'all took way too long. You didn't do it. You know what? I think it just really threw me that UJ predicted a loss for the Lions. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's just the lack of Kool-Aid was disturbing. Sorry, man. Um, Well, we want to thank our producer, Kid J, for just absolutely crushing it every week on the podcast. Um, Instagram at Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. Let us know your thoughts on the joint practices on the upcoming preseason game. Um Twitter slash X at Drinking Lions. Follow us on there. Uh, we got the blue check mark, so you know it's us. Uh, and thank you to Sideline Report. We paid for that. Com yeah. for hosting the podcast. Um, we greatly appreciate that. And of course, thank you to you, the listeners, especially if you've you. listened all the way to this point of the episode. Especially. Then we really, really appreciate you. Like immensely. Yeah, yeah I'd be that your friend. Yours, and I hope. As I am. <laughs> uh, You're not as think as I drunk you are. <laughs> I hope that you found this podcast more exciting than a Monroe St. Brown. Red <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dog, we're not gonna let you live that one down. Good one. Good one. Good one, G. So on that note, we want to thank everybody yeah. for listening. We greatly appreciate you. We'll be back early next week. Talking about that first preseason game and th- some things that stood out from there. Yeah. But last but not least, as always, go. 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 Forward down the field, a charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave. Stand and cheer the brave, rock, 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 go hard, win the game, with honor you will keep your fame, down the field and gain, Alliance victory, go, go. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.